previously on the Death Saving Bros podcast. Today's the day. We make our move to try and bring down Zawadzki. We need to get this circlet before he does. Hexor says, let us plant evidence on Zawadzki. Stan, you should take most of the group of people while one person comes with me to go plant the circlet. Stan says, here are all of the uh, the acolyte uniforms I was able to grab. Put these on, and then we'll have Dalvia modify your appearances. It, it's just an illusion. So try to avoid bumping into anybody. You all now look like Dragonborn. Jet, any information regarding his schedule? Did you find his planner? Or maybe his diary? So I pull out his diary and his planner. For tea time, he will be receiving the ambassador of Danikesh. You're all dressed in your acolyte robes. We walk right up to the front door. Hexor says, don't forget, I need to cast telepathic bond. Jet and Dalvia leave first, and eventually you get to a closed door. Dalvia says, all right, can you pick this lock? And I'll keep watch out here. So you open up the door to the next room. You see Caxias the rest of the group. Stan whispers to you all, we can either go through into the audience chamber or the feast chamber. Can I be a server? You can already see some other acolytes hoping for the opportunity to serve Zawadzki and the king. Enters the king of Trugala. Upon his brow, the crown, one of his attendants takes the crown from his head and places it on a cushion. Zawadzki points to Abe and Prothean. Well, since I had to teach my, all my squires how to properly serve me since I'm a noble, I serve them correctly. Looking like I'm just shaking with Lee, I want to pass kind of close to the crown, stumble, and then grab the crown. In your minds, Hexor says, All right, we only have one minute until the spell wears off. As you leave the serving chamber from one of the conference rooms steps a familiar face that you definitely thought was dead. Siren says... I think it's time for a little payback. Welcome to another episode of the Death Saving Bros Podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Paul Camper. With me today, I have Ben Renfro. I'm going to swish and flick the shit out of my nuts on Paul's forehead. Matt Smith. Normally, I would put my nuts across Paul's forehead, but now I'm feeling like I need to put them across Siren's forehead, although Siren is a part of Paul, so I guess by extension, I'm putting my nuts on Paul's forehead. Brad Renfro. What do you call the wife of a hippie? Mrs. Hippie. <laughs> I like his intros. Why can't you all be better? Do it like Brad. Eric okay, Nemeth. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me cut you <laughs> off there. <laughs> you like his, but you know what? Tyler still tweets at us on our Twitter account about putting nuts on your face, so we at least know somebody out there likes these intros. And that's all that matters is the one fan that we can make happy there is one person who wants balls on face action <laughs> eric nemeth well i'm gonna go different today i actually tried a new product at walmart it's called monkey butt amazing powder i cannot like if you're chafing from like dragging your balls across paul's face it feels amazing <laughs> there it is 
Hey. And Brad Richards. <sighs> Is the sound that I make after I complete dragging my nuts across your forehead. We are a 5th edition actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast, and this is our 77th episode. We are picking up in Principium, inside the castle of the Trugalan King, right after our adventurers have stolen the crown of the Trugalan King, and are on their way out of the building when they encountered Siren, who stepped in front of them and said, Well, well, well. It's time for some payback. Meanwhile, we also have Jet in Zawadski, the big bad evil guy, supposedly, his office where Jet encountered Caxius, a lackey of Zawadski who was there waiting for him. So where we are going to start this episode is we are going to start first with the group of adventurers that is trying to leave with the stolen crown. We're going to start there. So at the end of the last episode, just as you were leaving the tea party where you had stolen the crown, you heard Jet via the telepathic link that had been established prior to this whole heist. You heard Jet say that Caxius was waiting for him in Zawadzki's office. Help! And at that same moment... Siren stepped out of one of the conference rooms in this main thoroughfare that leads directly to the main throne room. He has stepped out from one of the conference rooms and faced you all off and said, Well, 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 it's time for some payback. Who are you? I am the person that is going to make sure that thieves are stopped. What you talk about, Willis? Who? Does anyone here know this guy? Nope. Seems like some scruffy ruffian type. I am a scruffy ruffian type. And you, you dragonborn, if that's what you really are. And he points at uh, Abe, who is disguised as... What type of dragonborn are you disguised as? Ah, oh, shit, I don't remember. Um. Oh, green. <laughs> <laughs> you, the green dragonborn. You are holding the tr- the crown of Trugala. No. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a deception check. Point <laughs> <laughs> advantage because that was good. <laughs> Prove it. It's going to be a 22. <laughs> Siren looks confused for a second and goes, Uh. Well, uh. <laughs> Well, I know one of you has it. There was a spell placed on the cushion where the crown had been placed, and once it was removed, the spell was broken. So we know that it was removed by the only people to have left that room, which is your group. Hasn't there been a lot of people coming and going from that room? No. I thought that's the reason we were able to walk out was because a bunch of the clergy people had just like kind of wandered out. Hold on, hold on. You're accusing me of stealing. Do you know who I am? I demand to speak to your manager. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just some tiefling going off at it like that. He forgets he's in disguise for a minute. Dan is not a tiefling. He's disguised as a, a dragonborn. I'm just going to be like, sorry, that's a bummer. That That's crazy. Hope uh, hope it works out and just walk away. And I'll, I'll, I'll even chime in too that 
We just walked out and the crown is still sitting on the king's head. I don't know what you're talking about. When I just walked out like five seconds ago, it was there. I mean, look for yourself. And I open the door and it's there. You open the door, everyone having tea just stops and stares at you awkwardly like, (laughs) yes. Yes, technically, I guess you could have fallen in with the other people, but there was only really like that one exodus of people and the crown did have a spell on it, so he has some idea that it's one of you. Although that deception check clearly threw him off. <laughs> uh, but as you're standing there and uh, talking with Siren, he's squinting at you, trying to determine something about you and says, have I seen you before? Do you know who I am? Well, that's the question he had just asked. I was just in charge of making sure everything went right for the uh, king's tea party. And you have the audacity <laughs> to accuse me of stealing. I want to speak to your supervisor, your manager, the king, about this. This indiscretion against me. This is unacceptable. The king doesn't speak to scum like you. Servants. And Prothean, as he says that, you feel the ring on your finger start to warm up. And Ambionitis, you feel your pocket start to warm. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so did Prothean stick his hand with the ring on it in Ambionitis' pocket? You don't want to know what was going on a couple minutes ago. I, I can just picture him being like, do I know you guys from somewhere? And then like everything except for Brixie's is like eyes were disguised. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so we got the most cross-eyed individual just like, no, 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 I'm so, someone else. <laughs> a cross-eyed that's unforgettable. <laughs> Where the fuck is my pocket feeling warm? Don't you have the heart of whatever in there that warms up when demons are new? You have a crystal or something? Oh, somebody took that. Yeah, I thought Jet stole it, but... And then I gave it to Dalvia. So Dalvia's pockets are warming. That's because she's upstairs with me. Unless she put it in my pocket. She would have given it back. Oh, she gave it back. So you do have mm-hmm. it. Yeah, after when was you she guys... in my pockets? <laughs> after you guys failed to put the pieces together, she would have given it back. You put it in your pocket during the tension. <laughs> but yeah, so Prothean's finger is, the ring on his finger is warming up, and Ambionice's pocket is warming up. I'm just going to look down on my hand and nonchalantly just like wave it at them, like I was trying to show my ring, let's put it back down. Stick like, your I'm, finger in your mouth. Like trying to like put my hands up, like talking like my like Karen Rand. I was going like, to glance at my hand like try to make it obvious for the rest of my group what I'm trying to look at in my hand. All right. Um, go ahead and give me an intimidation check, Prothean. Do I get an advantage because I'm a Karen? You should. No, just uh, <laughs> just regular intimidation. Oh, there it is. 16. Siren suddenly seems a little mollified, and he kind of relaxes a little bit and says, Well, uh... It is possible that I may be mistaken. Uh, if, if you'd be so kind to step into the conference room, I'm sure we can sort this out with a quick search of your person. And how dare you call the clergy scum? Who are you, you ragged servant you? I am personal bodyguard to uh, Archbishop Zawadzki. This is embarrassing. I apologize profusely if this was in, ca- in fact a misunderstanding, then I will be sure to seek uh, punishment from Zawadzki, but 
Until then. So Zawadzki's mm. your manager. I demand to speak to him. Daddy Zawadzki. He is busy at the moment, therefore I am in charge. And um, as you're discussing this, you see that there's a group of three clergy approaching you from the far end of this main thoroughfare. It's kind of cleared out since you originally walked through. A lot of people have moved on to whatever their activities are, but there is a group that is moving directly towards you. And if anybody wants to give me a perception check, you may. I mean, I guess since you said that. Uh, since they're walking close, is my, like, ring heating up more? Your ring does continue to heat up. Oh, uh, yeah. Do I get advantage for this because I know what's going on? Yeah, this is a little natural 20. I also rolled a natural 20, if you would believe that. Brad, I have not moved my hand. That's a natural 20, right? Yeah. Would you look at that? We all rolled natural. No. <laughs> I rolled an 18, but I'm not there right now, so I don't know how that affects anything. <laughs> I rolled a 15. <laughs> Ambionitis, did you want to check out the, uh, I mean, it would just give you some insight into what's going on. I want to make sure I added right. Insights, wisdom, yep, 19. Okay. Uh, All of you notice that these clergy members are of mixed races. They're not all dragonborn, but they all look very, very ill. Like, they have big bags under their eyes, their faces are gaunt, their skin is kind of waxen, and they keep on walking forward, and one of them has squinted eyes and is just glaring at you. Must be finals week. Did they walk out of the uh, tea party? No, they are approaching from where the grand staircase leads up from the entrance towards this main thoroughfare on the second floor. Gotcha. I was going to say, Prothean, did you poison everybody at the tea party? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't poison anyone. Well, that's what it would seem. Um, I'm going to use attack evil. Oh, so I'm trying to bring up the spell right now, but I could detect one does like demons nearby. If someone is a demon. Oh, your, your uh, paladin thing as an action, you can sense evil around you? Yes. I'm mostly sure you can already sense it based on the glowing hot ring. I'm just going to double... Yeah, I'm not going to use an accent on that yet. It's an, it just, is it, it's an action to use that, didn't you just say that? Yeah, it's an accent, but I'm trying to find out if it's a spell. I would just, while you're looking that up, I'm just going to say to Siren, Hey, Siren, um, what's going on with those guys? Or wait, did he tell us his name was Siren yet? No. <laughs> no. Hey. Whoops. <laughs> or, hey, uh, bodyguard. Uh, what's going on with those guys Wait, over there? how do you know my name? Bodyguard, you told us. I didn't tell you my name. Yeah, you did. I dude. didn't say your name. I sneezed. When you wa- we walked out, you were like, hey, halt there. I'm Siren. I'm really important. Listen to me. <laughs> you're wearing a name tag. <laughs> Prothean, <laughs> as you're opening your, your senses to detect whether there is strong evil around you, you don't detect any fiends or... Uh, undead with, within 60 feet of you, but your ring does continue to heat up. And Siren again squints at all of you, but he seems to relax a little bit again. Um, real quick question. Uh, in our disguise, do the clergy wear swords? Or are they hidden? Are weapons hidden, or do they conceal it? All of your gear and weapons would be hidden okay. by the spell and your robes. I just want to double check that. Okay, so he relaxes, and I still revert to my question and ask, uh, what's going on with those guys? He turns around and says, they're also on the lookout for 
intruders. In case you hadn't heard, we're on the lookout for some fugitives. They look unusually ill. They're the fugitives. And not in the cool way. Like ill as in sick. And not sick as a cool way either. (laughs) (laughs) Sick as in unhealthy. And not in the cool way. (laughs) (laughs) And not the way the cool kids do that either. (laughs) They are just fine. Okay. (laughs) This is like going out of my head, but I'm like really struggling not to put my hand on a sword right now. (laughs) I'm happy you are fighting it. Like, if you guys look at my fa- my character's face right now, it looks like I'm trying to, like, to, like hold in a massive shit. Sounds like Siren gets an investigation check on you, then. What is he gonna do? Investigate his anal cavity for the shit he needs to take? No. <laughs> the unhealthy-looking clergy members are now 60 feet away, and, Prothean, your ring starts to glow. Oh, shit. At which point, Siren looks down at your hand and goes, What's going on with your ring there? It's a a mood ring when I'm being (laughs) questioned by someone who has audacity to try to argue with me when they don't understand who I am and how important I am. So it's just showing how angry I am right now. He's actually just horny. (laughs) That's his horny color. Give me a deception check, Prothean. Well, since I've been getting angry, I need advantage for this. You ask, I feel like you ask for advantage every single time you roll. Because I can argue for an advantage almost every time. And I don't think it's worked a single time. <laughs> uh, what am I rolling for again? Deception. Fifteen. Siren takes a step forward, and he squints at you again, suddenly gasps and says, I was right. You're under a spell. You're all disguised. My hand goes in my longsword, and I pull my longsword and seal out. Ooh, I want to grab him by the shoulder, and I'd be like, <laughs> son, calm yourself now, and I want to cast Feeble Mind. <laughs> Yeah, I want to run a telepathy to Hexar and be like, Hexar, people mind this fucker. But I want to cast Bestow Curse on uh, Siren. Oh, Siren's not that close to you. Wait, how, how close is he? He's like at least 10 feet away. All right, can I walk to him and place my hand on his shoulder and be like, son, calm yourself? Sure, you can go ahead and try. I'm still confused what happened that he's like, oh, this is just a mood ring. And it's like, uh, I don't believe you. Wait, I knew it. You're disguised. Like, how does a, a ring give off, like, that impression? <laughs> All right. He's got to beat a wisdom saving throw of 17. I was going to say, Siren does have, like, a magical workshop full of, like, magic items. I'm sure he would be able to recognize, like, a magic ring and be like, well, it's probably not a mood ring. Yeah. Prothean failed the, in, or the deception check. So then he squinted and succeeded with a natural 20 against the intelligence check for Dalvia's uh, seeming spell. And just now he rolled a, oh yeah, he rolled a nat- he rolled a 17, a 13 plus his plus four wisdom. So my throw DC meets his save, so it beats, correct? No, <laughs> because he's saving, he wins. Damn it. And Could uh, I have aided Abe in that somehow? If you guys had said so beforehand, but not well, anymore. Well, you were doing it through message. Inspiration. I don't think you have inspiration anymore. I want to inspire him to be worse. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to try as hard, Siren. It's okay to relax sometimes. Siren is going to pull back, and he is going to motion to somebody behind you, 
and suddenly you notice that there are another three cleric people walking up from behind you, and one of them waves his hands, and you suddenly feel a giant force in your sides, and you are shunted to the side and pushed into the conference room, and I'm going to need initiative. All right, rolling for initiative. Let's do it. I feel like we really didn't have a chance to get out of that. (laughs) I mean, we did a lot. (laughs) Fuck. All of us were pushed in? Yes. I rolled a five. I rolled a four. Twelve. I rolled a nine. Rolled a ten. All day. Wow. Fuck. All day, all day. Balls had a bad wood. All right. So we're just about to kick off the fight between uh, the majority of the adventurers and uh, Siren, but let's go ahead and jump over to Jet for a moment and find out what's happening with Caxias. Jet, you had just walked into Zawadzki's office, at which point the door closed behind you, and Caxias was standing behind the door and said, Well, well, well. Looks like we've got ourselves a rat. I don't think that's actually what he said the last episode, but that's what he's saying now. What, me? Uh, this this isn't the bathroom. I must have gotten turned around somewhere. This is a bathtub. What are you doing here? Well, I was looking for the restroom. Uh, I gotta, like, you know, go to the little clergyman's room here, relieve myself. I suppose, suppose I got uh, turned around in the hallways of this such magnificent castle that we're in. Give me a deception roll. Let's see. Really? That's charisma? Okay. Um... 13. Caxius rolled a, na- a natural one. Oh, wow. He dumb. Uh, he says, oh. Really? Well, if, if you're looking for the bathroom, then you're going to want to head back out of this office, and you're going to want to go down the hallway, five doors on your right. Out of the office, down the hallway, and the fifth door on the right. And then, okay, so I was also supposed to be part of the tea ceremony with the rest of the clergymen that went down there. And so do you know how I can get to there from the restroom just so I don't get lost again on the way back? Dude, I don't work here. Wait, so what are you doing here? I heard there's an intruder around. Yeah, that's what I'm doing here. I'm waiting for an intruder. Well, you don't work here. How do I know you're not the intruder? And he holds up his fist and says, does this convince you? Is there like a tattoo or something on his fist? Like, I've not seen anything. (laughs) Caxius rolls his eyes and says, Ugh, fine. And he pulls out a letter of Mark that bears a seal of the flaming crown and the five faces of Helleros with the same symbol that is on your staff. Ah. This is a letter of Mark from Zawadzki. Excellent. So I take a look at it real quick. I page over it for a couple minutes, look up to him, be like, I can't read. <laughs> 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 well, I can't, why ain't you running? Well, I can't read. <laughs> no, I go, all right, all right. No, I was just joking for that part. I look at it, I go, okay, good. I just wanted to make sure, because as you know, then, you know, you know the intruders running around here, so just I was just trying to play it cool, make sure we're getting all of our uh, T's crossed and I's dots, I's dotted. Um, do appreciate your help here, though. Um, kind of at a bit of an emergency here to use this restroom, so... All right, well, then you better skedaddle. Yes, sir. Appreciate your help. He opens the door for you, and as he opens the door, he sees Dalvia in the waiting area, 
and she's looking out up and down the hallway and he goes wait who are you and she turns around and goes oh oh um i i'm uh i'm um vicky what are you doing here oh i'm uh just looking for zawatsky out in the hallway wouldn't you come into the office if you were looking for him no 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 see i think i was uh she, she here is part of the... This is Vicky, by the way. Vicky, this is... Uh, actually, I don't... Did we introduce ourselves already, sir? I'm Caxius. Okay, Vicky, this is Caxius. Caxius, Vicky. Uh, yep. Pleasantries here. Uh, Caxius, this is just Vicky. She is part of the crew here that is being trained by the one of the top clergy members. Um, she's been here not very long, which is probably why you don't recognize her, but she also may have gotten lost. Is that the case, Vicky? Yes, I got lost. And uh, let me roll a deception check for her. Dalvi is fucking trash. Oh, she actually rolled a natural 18. Oh, all right, hold on. I got to add modifiers because Caxius rolled a natural 18 as well. Imagine that. I didn't assist her at all by basically doing the deception check for her. (laughs) Okay. So Dalvia has a plus three to deception and Caxius only has a plus one to his insight. So he believes her, but clearly he's kind of suspicious of her and says, All right, well, both of you get out of here. All right, I got a job to do. I got to guard this office. Now get out. Yes, of course. And as I'm walking out the door, I like smack her on the back of the head. Like, you can't keep getting lost here. Uh, Says the guy who couldn't figure out where the bathroom was. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) here, Jet touched Dalvia, which means the disguise wears off because somebody got too close, so it flutters, (laughs) and Cactus would see. (laughs) Yeah, there is a disguise. Someone did an attack to her. I smack her, yeah, I smack her, both of her disguises go away. Oh! (laughs) But that would be metagaming. (laughs) Uh, so, only if the person who is doing the investigation gets close enough can they inspect the disguise or if they go to touch you and let's say you have a hat in your disguise and they try to touch your hat because it's just an illusion it would pass right through and they would realize you're wearing a disguise so Caxius still believes that you are who you say you are and you leave the room without any further complications sweating bullets so, yeah, at that point, I'd like to actually go to the bathroom because I'm pretty sure I just shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> and just as you're leaving the room, Hexor screams out via the telepathic bond, We are under attack! Dun, dun, dun. So, picking up with the main group, which includes Siren and uh, unknown assailants against Hexor, Stan, Brixius, Abe, Prothean, and Ambionitis. You have all just been shunted aside into one of the conference rooms, and you are going to see one of the clergy members dash forward, jumping over an invisible wall and sliding down it into the conference room. And as the clergy member lands, now that a clergy member is closer, you can see that the figure doesn't just look unhealthy. It looks like one foot's in the grave already. Does it have anything to do with demons? The possessed corpses, obviously. Uh, yes, it does have to do with demons. Haha! Can I tell what the fuck they are? Uh, on your turn, you can <laughs> give me a roll. 
but this clergy member is going to slide down the this invisible slanted wall and is going to lunge at would it be fair to say that when we were chauffeured into the room over here we all drew our weapons and shields i already did that uh no no that's not fair on your turn on your turn you can prepare nice jokes on you my sword and shield already out what up yeah but have you donned your armor yet it's underneath the disguise. <laughs> I'm messing. Because that takes 10 minutes, which I'll never get on. So the... Excuse me, give me 600 rounds. <laughs> the clergy member is going to launch at Prothean first and is going to bite you and is then going to rake its fingernails across your face, which as it does so, you see that its fingernails have almost elongated to disgusting grayish brown talons the bite is going to be a critical hit against you and is going to deal you 14 damage and your charisma score is going to be reduced by three whack um i am going to use a um hellas rebuke i put my finger at someone that has attacked me it's a casting time is one reaction instantaneous Rains up to 60 feet. I put my finger and a creature that damages you is momentarily surrounded by hellish flames. Creature must make a dexterity saving throw or take 2d10 bio damage on a failed saving throw or half as much on a saving throw. I'm going to cast this as level 2, so it's going to be 3d10. Okay, and what's my saving throw? I'm drawing a blank right now for dexterity saving throw is how much? 8 plus your proficiency plus your dexterity. No, plus his spellcasting modifier, which I believe is charisma. And since your charisma score was just reduced by three, uh, what is the larger of the two numbers? 14. Okay, so, so now it it's an 11, an 11 so, which, which means... Which is a plus one. No, plus zero. Yes. Yes, and uh, so the modifier will be plus zero. So it's now it's just uh, eight plus proficiency plus zero. So 12. 12. Okay. But if it happened instantaneously, at the same time, like before <laughs> it was reduced. Still happened after the damage was done. So the clergy member, or clergy figure, rolled a natural 18, succeeds against your hellish rebuke. So it's one half of 3d10. Half of 15, so seven and a half, so it's around up to eight. That's actually what you do. Oh, it actually is? Yeah. I was just hoping that Paul would disagree with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no. in this case, he would. <laughs> Paul rounds up more than just one number. He goes up by tens. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Uh, as a paladin, I also, for undead, get a bonus a t- bonus arm damage to it, if I remember correctly. It is not undead. Damn it. Uh, then, as these hellish flames are encircling the clergy member, you're going to hear a fluttering of wings above you. Oh, shit. You're not going to... F- nothing's going to attack you but you hear something up in the rafters above you. Well, fuck. And then Stan is going to leap forward to assist Prothean and is going to attack, pulling out a longsword and swinging with great heft and might at the shoulder blade and the head of this clergy figure. Rolling a 23, which is going to hit and is going to deal nine damage but the longsword is going to seem to glance off 
of this clergy member and is barely going to nick it. And then another clergy member is going to run forward from the hall outside this conference room, is going to jump up, slide down this invisible slide that had shunted you off to the side and is going to leap forward to attack Gambianitis. Dicks. Thankfully for you, the clergy member rolled a natural four and a natural one. So again, the skin on its face is almost like pooling and starting to slide down its face almost. And it's going to try and bite at you with gnashing teeth and lunge at you with these taloned fingernails, but it's going to miss both times as you back up rapidly. Good thing it didn't take any of your precious HP. (laughs) Siren is then going to toss an arrow into the air. Classic pussy Siren move. Speaking words of (laughs) magic as the arrow disappears, and then there is a almighty sound of... And you look up to see hundreds of arrows flying down from the sky at you. Holy shit. And as all these arrows start raining down, I'm going to need everybody that is in the conference room to make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, God damn it. Does that include the clergyman? Yes, actually. Is it a dexterity throw? Yep. Damn it. I got a total of 17. Got an 18. All right. My question for for everybody else. Do we think this is going to do a lot of damage? (laughs) Because I definitely failed it, but I can reroll one failed saving throw per long rest. Is there any... I feel like with the kind of magic bullshit, I might want to save that rather than arrows, or... Mm. I mean, I feel like if it's going to... I guess out of character. If it's going to hit a bunch of people at the same time, probably not going to hit that hard. Speaking as a player... I rolled a five. Another nat three. I've rolled three nat threes in a row. (laughs) All right. All different dice. (laughs) Nice. Let's see. 8d8. Whew. I lied. Actually, (laughs) I'm going to activate my indomitable reaction to reroll one fade sail per long rest. Hold on, hold on. Did you say 8d8? Yes. What kind of bullshit are you doing, Paul? Yeah, we're going to... All right, now it's a 21. All right, so anybody that passed uh, with an 18 or higher... Damn! Yes. Damn it. I rolled, what, a 17? Yeah. ...is going to take half damage. Fuck! And the total damage is going to be 38. Damn! I'm happy I used it, because that would have been... Was that 19? Actually, that would have been exactly half my health. (laughs) I am squishy. (laughs) I'm a squisher. I'm squish. <laughs> Just call me squish. Just call me squish. So uh, how much damage? 19 is half. 38 is full. Uh, that was actually half of both Stan and Hexor's health. Um, I want to use Hellish Rebuke. You can do that. Get so fucked. Could, so could Pro. Oh, wait. That's an actual spell for you, though. Well, that's a, that's a tiefling thing, actually. It's also a paladin thing. Yeah. So he's got to beat a 17 and yeah, same thing as everything Eric said. Siren failed. Ha ha. All right. Was it three? What a pussy Siren move. Yeah. Classic Siren. 
What a classic Siren move to fail his own saving throw. 17 he takes. Do we got him on the run yet? <laughs> yeah, is he scared? <laughs> not yet, he's not. Let's toss him something he feels like he has to escape with, and <laughs> let's just toss him like a rock or something. Be like, oh no, I dropped this rock, Siren. Please don't take it. The sending stone that has Taylor's voice in it. <laughs> <laughs> is Taylor still alive? Yeah. Well, I don't know. She's a dragon. But we don't know that, I guess. She's a dragon, her nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You need some baby powder? <laughs> okay, and then Hexor is then going to retaliate. Hexor, use some of them level 19 wizard spells. <laughs> People mind them all. He is going to cast Time Stop. Seems like a good move. Does it stop time? It does stop time. And then run around and give everybody a wedgie from the bad guys so that as soon as you unsnap your fingers, they all just have... <laughs> run around and tie Tight all their wedgies. shoes together. <laughs> oh, that'd be cruel. And put Legos in front of their feet. <laughs> so, unfortunately, using Time Stop means that everybody, including you guys are stopped for 1d4 plus 1 turns, but this means that he'll be able to do a bunch of damage in a row. So, oh wow, he gets 5 rounds. Um, that's a full 30 seconds. So he is going to cast uh, let's see, what is 5 fireballs. <laughs> 5 times feeble mind. Yes. <laughs> He's going to cast uh, Yeah, doesn't he also know power word stun? <laughs> Didn't he use that on Jet? could have prepared anything he wanted before this. <laughs> he did know power word stun, but since then he has switched his spells to weaker spells that will not help us so mm. that... Mm. No, he's going to cast delayed blast fireball. Mm. What, is he going to delay it 30 seconds so it's going to wait till after everything unfreezes? Right, because with delayed blast fireball, so you a beam of yellow light flashes from your pointing finger and then condenses to a choison... A chosen point within range that is a glowing bead. Uh, the bead blossoms with a low roar, consuming each creature within a 20-foot radius. The spell's base damage is 12d6. If at the end of the turn the bead has not yet detonated, the damage increases by 1d6. So he'll add another 4d6 by the time this thing actually explodes. Harry, you're the chosen one. <laughs> respectable <laughs> the choice in one quick question since he's like time stop can you just walk over to all of them and slit their throats and just kill them like they killed Revan only if it does enough damage to his HP's first how about this it's time stop just take the crown and leave pick all <laughs> well yeah he can just <laughs> teleport us all out of there now why didn't he do that yeah they won't even know what happened since time is stopped and fart on his face beforehand so that when it unstops, he just has a very bad taste in his mouth. It's the same taste that Jet had in his mouth up there with Dalvia and Coxius. Oh, he actually does have teleport, so I believe that's what he's going to do. <laughs> he's just going to bounce. Unless you guys want to keep hitting things. I'm good teleporting out of here because we just got fucked by the arrow storm. Paul, you control Hexor. I can't tell Hexor what he can and can't do on his turn. All right, I'm not going to do it yet. What? If we die <laughs> because you got greedy. Because Hexor. Because Hexor screwed us. Yeah, if I if Abe dies, he's going to haunt Hexor and be like, why didn't you teleport us out of here? <laughs> you dumb fuck. Actually, I don't care if Protein dies. I have another character already made. 
Paul goes, unless you guys want to keep hitting things. I haven't hit anything yet. I've been hit. Yeah, by arrows. For 16 damn. <laughs> what the hell? When something like this happens, do we know that time was stopped, or does it not feel like there was ever a stop in time? Uh, last time that he stopped time, I described it as a feeling of molasses, but then it was suddenly gone and things just had changed around you. Okay, so after the delayed blast fireball, that's his first turn. Then his second turn, he is going to cast Erupting Earth, centered on Siren. What it does is you choose a point you can see on the ground within range. A fountain of churned earth and stone erupts in a 20-foot cube centered on that point. So he just avatar earth bends a fucking column of stone up in the air. Um, 20-foot cube. And then it becomes difficult terrain until cleared. Uh, and it takes one minute to clear by hand. But uh, Siren and one of the clergy members... Oh, no. No, no, no. Sorry, three of the bad guys. Even better. That is groovy. Okay, all of them failed. I know it won't be the big fight scene we all wanted for this episode, but maybe Exor should just take us and get us out of here. Just yeah, use four turns to do so much damage to him, but then last turn we're just gone. <laughs> and then it goes around it goes around one like full full round and it gets back to Hexor and he casts time stop again. <laughs> he yeah. <laughs> he unfortunately can't do that again. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> okay, so I guess all of these spells that he's going to cast are going to happen at the exact same time. Shit. <laughs> so all of them are going to fail once time unstops. So that's two turns. Then three turns. This is so much fun playing against myself. <laughs> you love playing yeah, with it yourself. Paul <laughs> <laughs> just playing with himself in the closet. Mom, I'm doing D&D. <laughs> Close the door, Mom. Don't come in. Mom! The meatloaf! Ah. Uh, then he's going to cast Firebolt. Firebolt? Yes. How many cast Firebolt? That's like the one of the weakest spells he could cast. Most weak. Sorry. But why? Make it a Fireball. Well, he's going to miss. Make it a Fireball. <laughs> then since he misses with Firebolt, he's going to cast Fireball. Should have led with that one, champ. Paul realized he was doing too much damage. <laughs> that he had Well, to no, he's only got himself. so many spells. Hexor's I... like, you know what? This doesn't feel fair. I'm a sporting man. Haxor feels conflicted about fighting people who can't fight back. <laughs> doesn't feel conflicted about inflicting uh, mental... People. Yeah. <laughs> people mind me. So what if I tried to rip his jaw off? So that's turn four. Again, centered on Siren, so he's going to hit one, two, three. Oh, actually not centered on Siren. Centered a little bit off Siren, so it catches Siren and then uh, four of the bad guys. You turned me into a vegetable. Only one succeeds on the death, on the dexterity saving throw. People mind him. And then what else should Hexor do? People mind Siren. Teleport us out of there? Question mark. <laughs> With Brown? You should cast Wish to wish that they're all dead. He actually doesn't have Wish. Dang it. Um, I guess he'll then cast Vitriolic Sphere, uh, which on a dexterity, dexterity saving throw, on a failed save, a creature takes 10d4 acid damage and another 5d4 acid damage at the end of its next turn. Wait, you rolled 10d4s? 
Yeah. And this is going to be an emerald ball of acid that explodes. So we'll cast it at fourth level, I suppose. Gonna suck. Time just like glitches for half a second. All of a sudden, Siren gets hit with earthbending coming up, and then there's a sphere of acid around him on top of a fireball in his face, and then there's going to be a beam just exploding on him. So we're all just sitting there one second, and then Siren just gets <laughs> a night. Like, he's gone the next. We're all just like, well... It'll come to you. <laughs> Hexor single-handedly kills Siren for us. <laughs> Something we couldn't do no matter how hard we tried. Wow. These bad guys suck at deck saving throws. I didn't roll above a 10 on that. Get fucked, Paul. By yourself. So wait, Paul's fucking himself right now. Yeah, That's what Paul, I'm doing. Paul keeps playing playing with himself over here, playing games with himself. Roughly. <laughs> Paul's like, prepare for a deadly encounter. And then he just kills all of them himself. <laughs> He's like, it was deadly towards all my guys that I had <laughs> set up by my own guy. <laughs> I kind of see a special, like, uh, one-off of Paul, like, plays all of our characters at once. <laughs> this is one of those moments where nobody ever actually sees him get hit, and then Abe's going to have the first term and walk up and just punch him one time, and he's going to die and be like, I just killed him in one hit. Again. <laughs> Another one-hit KO from Abe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the, all the most deadly guys, you just one-tap them. <laughs> one-punch man. Okay, so... Time stop ends, and as this molasses feeling that you have experienced before dissipates, you see Hexor looking super, super sweaty and tired, and he's just huffing and puffing, and his fingers pointing out, and he goes, Detonate. And all at the same time, you see a bead of yellow light that is centered over near Siren explode in a roar of flame. You see him engulfed in the flame and then there is a silhouette of erupting earth inside the fireball as rocks go flying outside of this fireball you see another fireball that is of a darker color streak from his finger and explode and when all of the flame and rock and rubble dissipates you can see that the clergy figure that is in front of Prothean is dead I killed him <laughs> With a hellish rebuke. Yes. Damn. I guess as far as y'all know, yeah. <laughs> sort of hellish rebuked him, and then next thing you know, he's exploded. Uh, you see that that guy in front of Protein is dead. You see that one of the other clergy members is outside the conference room is dead. You see that Siren is severely injured and covered in acid. Oh, yeah, you also saw a globe of green acid explode as well. There is a bunch of rough terrain right around Siren, and two other clergy members are barely alive. I start a slow clap for Hexor. <laughs> I pop a stiffy. Wow, my hellish rebuke is a lot stronger than I thought it was. <laughs> Hello there, listeners. Hope you're enjoying this battle episode. Just so you know, I'm going to keep the mid-roll short this week. 
Most importantly, I want to let you know that you can always stay in touch with us through social media. We're at Death Saving Bros on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Reddit. That's where we'll post updates to our schedule and share awesome content from creators in the RPG community. Some of those creators that we like to promote are the composers Will Savino and Alex, the Boy King of Idaho, both of whom have music featured heavily in this episode. Will and Alex are individual creators publishing music for tabletop games on Patreon. You know Will. You love him. His music is available at patreon.com musicd20. And Alex may just become your new favorite, so check him out at patreon.com slash boykingofidaho. Recently, we've personally been creating an awful lot of our own content. If you haven't heard about our Patreon, now is the perfect time to join. We're currently holding a promotion on the Shade Arrow tier, which will net you some exclusive Death Saving Bros merchandise, but we have a whole variety of tiers that you can pledge at, even if you're just a casual listener. You'll get access to bloopers, conversations, and more. For example, one of those extra things that you'll get at the higher tiers is a virtual talk with one of our hosts. We hold those quarterly, and the first one is coming up soon. So give all those goodies a look right now over at patreon.com slash deathsavingbros. Another place where you can find a bunch of Death Saving Bros goodies is over at redbubble.com. Redbubble is the official merchandise website of the Death Saving Bros podcast. And with the holidays coming up, why not let someone know that you love them, and that can include yourself, by giving the gift of Death Saving Bros swag. We have some amazing designs available with character art by Mitchie Blue on Instagram. Every design is available on everything from shirts and hoodies to duffel bags and throw pillows. Finally, before we put you back into the episode, I want to take a moment and give a supporter shout-out to our patrons. You are what keeps driving us. You are the people who inspire us to greater heights. Those who pledge at the $5 tier get a shout-out at the end of the show, but the following individuals have pledged to support us financially at the $10 tier or higher. So, they get their shout-out right now. Those patrons are Ryan Cushman, Two Times Tyler, and Gene L. Jackson. Thank you all for your support. And make sure that you check your Patreon messages. We're looking forward to hearing your submitted character names. Without further ado, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Then uh, one of the clergy members from outside is going to progress directly inside the conference room, not sliding down this invisible wall, just coming straight inside, and is going to post up in front of Ambionitis, but is going to have to stop there since it's difficult terrain going over all those rocks outside the conference room. 
And at this point, you can also hear screaming because all those explosions and splashes and roars of flame have attracted attention. Then the king just comes out of the tea party like, what is happening here? <laughs> Oi, what's all this then? Oi, what's all this in? Got a license for that rock, mate. <laughs> that brings us to Abe's turn. How much damage did that do out of curiosity? Uh, oh, wait, hold on. The delayed fireball, I forgot to implement that damage. Siren, <laughs> Siren. Yeah, the 15d6, yeah, that's a big component. Man, it counts over we won. <laughs> At this point. Is it possible for this to do enough damage to finish the encounter? Uh, for, for a lot of them, yeah. Knowing Paul, Siren has like a 700 health. <laughs> okay, so actually, four of the clergy members are dead. Uh, two nice. are left, so that one that rolled up in front of Ambionitis is not there. That one is dead. He rolls up in front of you, and he looks down, and he sees that, like, half of his body is missing, and he's like, oh. He drops dead. Sure. He's trying to get through the flames, <laughs> and he drops dead halfway through the door. And then, uh, let's see. Which, oh, this one's also dead. It's my fault for creating such powerful wizards. So this guy's just like a nobleman, right? Like Hexor? Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. He's just like, so this is just like if like Bill Gates' son was just, you know, sitting at home developing like just ridiculous firepower. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so the delayed fireball wound up doing 57 damage. Plus 24 Jesus for the Christ. acid. Plus another 30 for the regular fireball. And then... you hitting triple digits, folks. Then like 30-something for the erupting earth. Oh, wait, did I do the erupting earth? I didn't do the erupting earth either. Hold on, Siren might be dead. And then the acid does more damage next at the end of Siren's turn, right? Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> All right, and 25 damage for the erupting earth. And Abe does have the first turn. You actually hey. might, <laughs> <he> might one-shot <laughs> him. Oh, man. <laughs> That's absolutely what I'm going to try and do. Really put everything <laughs> you have into it. Siren's still alive, but barely. <laughs> and on his next turn, he does get more damage, so... Yeah, okay. So, Abe, you're up. Siren is barely alive. And, uh, yeah, you, you've got a bunch of dead corpse, clergy corpses in front of you. Uh, rough terrain outside of the conference room and then two clergy members still outside the conference room and to the left. Oh, and one inside the conference room with you next to Hexor. How close is Siren to me? Uh, Siren is 45 feet away. Is Abe about to one-shot another boss? I'm gonna try. Alright, so I'm gonna use a bonus or I'm, I'm gonna move to within 30 feet of him and then I'm gonna use my bonus action to put Hexblade's curse on him which uh, gives me my proficiency bonus on damage rolls and lets me crit on a 19 or 20. And if he dies, I get HP. And then... This sounds familiar. <laughs> I'm going to whip out my fancy schmancy longbow and put two arrows in his dome. Ah, uh, 16. Miss? Damn it. 21. That will hit. All right, you better get a high damage roll here. Damn it! <laughs> I mean, ah, uh, that's right, gonna be ten. Okay, he's still alive. 
damn it! Can I use an inspiration to reroll that first attack? Do you even have inspiration? I'm pretty sure we used it all up on the uh, on the Brixius attempts Every- to hit Jet. Oh yeah, that's that true. makes sense. <laughs> the entire party's inspiration goes away just for like inner party quarreling. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way. Okay, and now. Uh, do I get an extra inspiration point for my fantastic method of stealing the crown? <laughs> Maybe down the line. Damn it. And then from above that fluttering, a black bat with arms and legs is going to swoop down at Abe. And let's cut over to Jet and Dalvia real quick. In your head, all you hear is screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I feel at home. <laughs> Um, well, I guess, do I know where they were at? Like, did we split up, like, at the tea party spot, like, where all this is happening, or? Uh, no, you guys went in at separate times, so you went in first. Okay, well, I guess my best option, then, would be to cast Pass Without Trace on myself and Dalvia, so that we can sneaky sneak as fast as we can to try to find the screaming. Okay, uh... Go ahead and give me a stealth check, and Dalvia will do the same. That's like after the spell was casted? Right, so you get a plus 10 to it. She got 21. Stealth is dex... Oh, yeah. Dexterity, so... 27. Yeah, you guys are moving just fine through these halls. Uh, Dalvia whispers via the telepathic bond, I know where the tea room is. Follow me. Actually, I should also know where it's at. We can get there as quickly as possible. Otherwise, uh, we'll just teleport out of here. Hexor! Hexor! Just get out of there! Get out of there now! I don't think he needs to. He's fucking shit up. Uh, uh, I am a little tired right now, but I think we have it under control. Well, I guess we can work on the exit plan then. And then that black-winged creature is going to swoop down on Abe and is going to... Ooh, wow. It attacks three, th- three times. It is first going to come down and, like, flap up into your face, bite at your nose, and rake its claws across your chest. Does it have to do with demons? It does. Excellent. It rolls a natural 7 on the bite. Oh, plus 11. Uh, It rolls an 18. Which is my armor class. So, meets it beats. And then it rolled a natural 19 plus 11, so it's going to claw at you dealing. Holy fuck. <laughs> so what happens with this being about demons? Do you get like a higher AC? No. Or no? It's just on like investigation and tracking <laughs> checks and stuff like that. Oh, you lucky son of a bitch. I rolled two ones. Ha. Ha. So you're going to take 23 damage from the bite. Oh! <laughs> I rolled ones for damage. You get 23. <laughs> It's going to deal you another 18 from the claws. And then, because it's in front of you, it is going to stare into your soul and think like Anastasia, those uh, demon, those imps that Rasputin summons from his uh, reliquary. They look just like that, except they're all black. And it is going to stare into your soul and I need you to give me a DC 16 charisma saving throw. Do I get an advantage since I only have one eye for it to stare into? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. That's just flavor text. Damn it. <laughs> what was it? Uh, 
charisma saving throw? Yes, sir. E. It's going to be a uh, 13. All right. So in addition to the damage that you were dealt, your hit point maximum is also going to be reduced by 13. What are these things where they just start wow. stealing stats? Haha, <laughs> <laughs> which drops my maximum hit points to 69. <laughs> Worth. This is the landmark we were waiting for <laughs> for this podcast for so long. Ambionitis, you are up. Within range of you, you have one of these ugly-ass clergy guys down and to your left, about 10 feet away. Then you have Siren, who is incredibly bloodied, but still standing, 40 feet in front of you, directly in front of you. And then there is one more clergy member that is alive outside of the conference room, 45 feet away from you, and out the door to the left. Right on. I want to engage in a rage. Hey! Now you gotta moan when you roll. That rhymed. Engage the rage. Put that on a t-shirt. So what happens when you rage? I get angry. And you get friends. Instead of moaning, you go, Oh, you guys. You guys are only my friends when I rage. See how it is. Fuck you guys. The three guardians. <laughs> the guardians. The guardians. The ancestor warrior thing. Oh. Um, <laughs> first attack becomes... So if I attack... If I land an attack, it becomes a target for guardians. Let's get it on. I want to hit Siren in his fucking face. Nice. Okay. Um. So in order to get there, it is 40 feet away. And you would also have to go over the rough terrain from the erupting earth so you would only be able to go 15 feet normal and then you would have to go another 20 feet through the rubble and since it's difficult terrain that takes double movement to go the same amount of distance so to get to him you actually need 55 55 feet of movement Mm, or exactly 50 I'll say because my movement speed is 50 Oh, yeah, because you wouldn't have to get right on top of him. You could just stop five feet away. So, yeah, you can get within swinging distance of Siren. Yeah, I want to do that. Try to move him closer to us. <laughs> well, I'd have to swing behind him to do that. Dang it. I swear. I've, I've been really thinking about what I want to do, and if I can't do it because I can't get to him, I'm going to be angry. <laughs> <laughs> it just helps that I move at fucking 50 feet. Uh. Oh, 20. Does 29 hit him? 29 is going to hit. Whoa. I was I was curious. Okay. You want me to roll second attack or roll damage first? Let's go ahead with the second attack. Okay. Oh. Does 18 hit him? And 18 does also hit. Right on. I want to make sure I'm doing this right. Oh, this is a plus... Three. Okay, I want to use one of my ancestral hammer's charges. So, delivers the power of all stone arms into a single blow, adding 2d10 to damage. Then I have to recharge it um, each day. I have to roll a 5 or a 6 for that. No. Do I just add 2d10 to that? Yeah, so if you're adding it to one of your attacks, you would roll 2d10 plus whatever your normal rolls are and then your modifiers twice 16 for one attack 
plus 8, plus 15. What does it look like when you put Siren down, again? Well, I cut his head off last time, and that didn't work. So, I'll hit him in the chest, <gasps> and then I'll just repeatedly smash his head. Alright. Until it caves in. You just hit him so hard in the center of the chest with your warhammer that the shockwave blows a perfect hole right <laughs> through his body. Right through him. Well, if I could run up there this term, I would hold his axe in his chest and let you just hammer down on it. But I'll never make it there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Really make sure he's dead this time. Eat his body. So we have to dismember him. Just cut everything off. That brings us to one of the remaining clergy members who is currently in front of Hexor, is going to swing at Hexor again, trying to bite and claw at him. Oof. This, you guys, I might have, Hexor probably should have teleported you out of there while he had the chance. Is Hexor about to die? He might. He does all that, does all that damage <laughs> and dies. Sucks to Hexor. It's a fair trade-off. Hexor this was everybody. really what he was destined for anyways, to do this one battle. <laughs> Entirely himself. Yeah. This creature is going to bite into Hexor's arm, which is still gesturing forward from all of the different spells that he cast. And then the claws are just going to rake across his his neck, almost catching his jugular. And Hexor is going to reel back as he feels his charisma drained from this bite. Oh, wow. And he's reduced by four as well. I want to yell out, Hexor, my tiefling brother, use hellish rebuke as all us tieflings can. So you know what, Abe? He is he doesn't get, he doesn't have hellish rebuke because he's a Fierna tiefling, which is a different type of tiefling. Oh, no. It means he wasn't born that way. So there is no hellish rebuke. That brings us to... Another of these bat things comes flying down and is going Ooh, to shit. go after Ambionitis. Does a 16 hit your armor class, Ambionitis? Yeah. All right. So you're going to hear the flapping of wings as this bat-like creature comes down from behind you, raking its claws up your back and then biting behind your ear, tearing off a little chunk of it as it goes, and you are also going to need to make a DC 16 charisma saving throw. Please and thank you. Oh! One. Use your divine thing. (laughs) It was a fucking natural one, so that plus four is not really gonna inject shit. (laughs) Just like re-roll it. No, it wasn't re-roll. All right, so then in that case, your hit point maximum is reduced by 22. Jesus. You're so squishy now. I am squishy. Still not even remotely close to any of the rest of our HPs. <laughs> and then uh, the damage that you're going to take from the bite and the claws is 52. But since you're in rage, those are both piercing and slashing, which you are resistant to. So you're going to ha- take half of that, which is 27. 26, sorry. 26. Okay. And then it's going to fly away from you, which brings us and to Brixius. Does he get a, does he get a uh, opportunity attack when it moves away from him? If he wants to take an opportunity attack. 
Yeah, I want to hit the fucking thing. Just nibbled on his ear aggressively. Why would he not? <laughs> Just like, Ma! Something jumped up and bit me! <laughs> does over a 25 hit? It does. Outstanding. Oh, wait, Siren got wrecked, right? Yes, Siren is down. Aha, so I get some bonus HPs. Uh, he's not dead, he's just down. Pardon? <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, he's just down. Come he's again. He's not dead. He, he got a hole blasted through his chest and his head caved in, and he's just down. Excuse me? Well, he's unconscious. He's looking through his mouth and he's just <laughs> down. I take issue with that, Paul. 17 damage. 17 damage has been done to this thing. It doesn't like the fact that... How are you attacking it as it's flying away? So as soon as it turns around, I want to absolutely fucking tan this thing on its ass with Warhammer. All right, it squeals as it flies away. And then, Brixius, you are up. You are still in the conference room. Uh, you are the farthest back from the door. In front of you to your left is Hexor dealing with one of these disgusting clergy members. Directly in front of you is Prothean. To your right, up and to your right, you see Stan and Abe. Directly in front of you through the doors, you see Ambionitis and Siren. And then off to the bottom left is one of the other clergy members. Uh, you also see the bat thing hovering in front of Abe. Gotcha. So this turn, theoretically speaking, of course, is there any place I can go where I'd be able to kill one enemy and then be able to move and kill a second enemy both in the same turn? Like, if I were to, like, one-tap one of them, would I be then able to move to another one? Or based on distances, can I only really reach one enemy this turn? Uh, yeah, the distance between the clergy member and the uh, black bat-like thing is only 10 feet. So 10 feet to your right, or 15 feet up to your right is the bat thing in front of Abe. 15 feet up to your left is one of the clergy members and then between the two, it's only 10 feet. So total distance would be tra 25 feet for you. Gotcha. And what about being able to engage with the one in front of Hexor by any means and still be able to do that as well, just in case he might die? Those are the only two enemies within range for you, the one in front of Hexor and the one in front of Abe. Oh. Okay, cool. Just theoretically speaking, of course, in case I start doing lots of damage, because I, I wanna, I wanna bring out some stuff. But I'll probably roll damage as I go. That way, in case I kill something, okay, I can move. So I guess I'll start with going up to the one in front of Hexor. And how, how, how much health do you think this guy has? He looks fresh. Okay, maybe I'll just use. He up hasn't everything. been hit by anything yet. Anybody like? From the past ones that we killed? Oh no, Hexor just did all the damage. Alright, so first thing I'm gonna do is with Warhammer in hand, I would like to smack the shit out of him. Actually, I'll just say everything I wanna do and then I'll roll for it all. Okay. Yeah, so realistically, what I wanna do is I wanna move up to him, I wanna hit him with the Warhammer. And then I want to take my Snowfall Shuriken out of my finesse belt and melee stab it into him. Then I'm going to use an action surge to get an additional action on this turn. 
and then I will re-hit with said Warhammer into Shuriken using one of my superiority die for a maneuver using my pushing attack to throw him 15 feet away, and then I'm going to use my spare bonus action to blow up said Snowfall Shuriken. Words. Okay, uh, but you could do a second Warhammer attack in your action, action surge, couldn't you? Unless the, uh, the maneuver of push is an action. No, that goes on as just the initial. So, yeah, it was one swing, and then as my second extra attack was going to be hitting him with the shuriken, and then it was going to be another swing. But then, uh, yes, I guess I would have another attack in there, huh? So you should move to the bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I shouldn't use this all up on one. I was planning something like this for Siren. Well, go ahead. Let's let's go ahead and uh, since the push is going to be the last thing, let's go ahead and see what what you do. Yeah, because then I could have one more attack and just walk over and smack the bat <laughs> once. <laughs> you look over at Abe and you see him going, "Help me!" <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, well, a twenty hit on the first Warhammer swing. Twenty does hit. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next attack. So I did say it was going to be sneaking in with the uh, Snowfall Shuriken. And typically if it was thrown, it would be Dexterity. But I pulled it out of my Finesse Bell, which means I can use Strength or Dexterity as my modifier there. Okay. So that will be 15. Does a 15 hit? Ooh, yes. Okay, cool. All right, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> I got worried there. All right, so... That's going to do that. And then the next will be the Warhammer with the, the pushing attack. When I hit a nat one, if I add my stuff and it still does good. um, no, It's an automatic failure no matter what. Okay, so that fails. But I guess I still have another attack. Yes, you do. <laughs> so maybe I won't go over and smack <laughs> your thing this time around. Hold on. Uh, well, that's another nat one. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Should have switched on. I should have. So I guess <laughs> where that leaves us is uh, I connected with the Warhammer, and then I did the shuriken. And maybe I put that pushing attack now. Um, and then I guess if I could If you want to switch him up, and if you want to do the shuriken first, then you want to hit him with a Warhammer and push him back, I'll let you do it. But So it would have worked there? <laughs> then just... My next two hits that I would have used to run over and help Abe with the entire second action. Oh, yeah, I guess that's fair. So then in that case, Just wouldn't have worked. No, it just wouldn't have worked. I just can't go over there to help Abe. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So pretty much we got two scenarios. Is either I walk up and I stick him with the shuriken and then hit him with the pushing attack, and then I burn my action surge as in I wanted to run over and help Abe, but then... Okay, how about this? Neither of that you, worked. You walked up, you stuck him with the shuriken, then you wailed on him, missed, missed, then you're like, fuck it, and you hit him and pushed him back. That works for flavor. Yeah. <laughs> now, question with the shuriken. So I hit him initially as kind of a melee into him, and then at the end, I'm going to use my bonus action to explode it. So from the initial like stabbing with it, does it do like the first damage amount, the 1d8? Because I know it's 5d6 if it explodes, but it's 1d8 normal. Correct. Uh, plus your strength. Unfucking believable. <laughs> Another one. God damn it. Plus my strength, which is six. <laughs> so now it's six damage there. God. 
and then miss miss and then I don't even know if I want to roll these dice anymore so then that's gonna be it's a one no that was actually an eight oddly enough so it's gonna be eight damage plus the 11 or no plus the nine so that's 17 and then my superiority die which is a d10 actually gets added to that seven so 26 and then I'm gonna blow up the shuriken which is 5d6 let me grab a couple extra Really? One short? No, I got a metal one. Yeah. I actually do have 66. Nice. That's going to be another 20 there. So what was it? 6, 26, and 20? Uh, yeah. So that's a total of 52. Cool. All right, so... Is your Warhammer magical? Yeah. And I guess so is the Jerkin probably, and... Yes, the Shuriken definitely is. Everything I do is magical damage, so... What I do is, from start, I'm going to walk up, and as I'm running up to the one in front of Hexor, I'm going to take my shuriken out of my finesse belt, and I will stab it into the creature, the clergy member's chest, and then I will attempt to wail on him two additional times. So I go to swing at him, and I miss. And then I go to swing again, and I miss again, because my eyes are all fucked up. Sometimes it happens. (laughs) Um... (laughs) So after the first miss, I use my action surge because I'm angry so I can get another action so I can make another attack. And then I miss again. (laughs) And then I get so fed up and angry that I'm just going to completely swing around and use my pushing attack and put everything into it using one of my superiority die to add into that maneuver. And I'm actually going to hit it square center on the chest where the shuriken was. So it flies back 15 feet, maybe hitting a wall. And then I'm going to use my bonus action to explode the shuriken. And I do, what did we say, 56 total damage? 52? 56? Uh, 56 total damage. Yeah, and I do 56 damage to him. All right. You actually do push him back into the wall. And he, the shuriken explodes, ripping a hole in its chest. And you can see that this clergy member is definitely not a living clergy member. I'm confused. So is it undead? It is. It's not undead. It is a creature that has assumed the skin of the clergy, of some clergy member. Why didn't we do that when we were trying to be disguised? Just assume <laughs> their skin. Because that's fucking Just... disgusting. Boy, uh, <laughs> Buffalo Bill. And <laughs> I could have skinned some people and wore them. It puts the lotion in the basket. So these things have over 56 HP. It's nice. Good to know. <laughs> I had so much potential. I did 56 damage, and that's with fucking up two Warhammer hits, where it's a minimum of plus nine if I hit. Damn it. (laughs) You actually might have been able to kill this thing. Yeah, that's before rolling the two D8s as well, so it would have been a minimum of 18 damage. Yeah. All right. Well, there is one other clergy undead, well, clergy-ish disgusting thing that is still alive outside of the conference room you're going to see those of you that are on the right side of the conference room so Abe and Stan and maybe Prothean you can see through the doors this clergy member just put its hands out in front of it palms up and raise them up slowly and you can see to your right that one of the other clergy members that had originally been killed by all of Hexor's mighty spells is puppeteering itself up off the ground and cricks its neck, rolls it around once, and is ready to go. Looks fresh as it did 
well, I mean, it looks still waxy and close to death, but it is fresh and sturdy and strong and ready to fight again. Prothean, you are now up. You have two, directly in front of you, you have a corpse of one of the dead clergy members. Uh, 20 feet to your left, you have the clergy member that Brixius had just snowfall shurikened. 10 feet to your right, you have the one that was just raised from the dead. And 40 feet outside of the conference room, you can see the other clergy member that is still alive. Uh, And also 10 feet to your right is the bat that has been attacking Abe. I'm going to go for the closest person and I'm going to slash at them with my longsword because my charisma is fucked up and I can't really cast a spell. Okay. Uh, Do you want to go after the bat or do you want to go after the clergy member that was just raised from the dead? Clergy member that was raised from the dead. Because you find that to be a blasphemy to Torm. Yes. Not fair that he came back to life. Only Torm can bring the dead back. Actually, I don't think Torm does that. I rolled a four, by the way. I'm not going to add anything to that because I guarantee I'm not going to hit. There's a 21 hit. It does. Alright, so it's one to eat. I do 12 damage. Solid. And I don't think I can do anything else right now. Since you took away my spellcasting modifier. <laughs> Alright. Well, I think that will bring us back to the top of the order with Stan, but we're going to have to cut it there since this has been a very long fight. And we're going to have to find out how you guys either defeat these creatures or escape their clutches next time on the Death Saving Bros podcast. Or die horribly. Yeah, I like how the fight with the <laughs> creatures is less eventful than the fight with Siren. Well, Hexor did so much damage at the beginning of it that it was like... Did you add in extra creatures after Hexor did that? No, I did not. <laughs> oh, did you add in the acid damage at the end of their turns? Ooh. The one that raised the other one, would that one have still... That, because that one was in that radius. Let me find out. Yeah, and now I just realized I didn't complete my turn. I could have used my extra bonus action to get hit points back and everything, and I just forgot about it because I was so caught up with missing so much. Well, I went from 82 to 22 in one round. With health? Yeah. Uh, none, of the, none of the creatures died from the extra acid damage, but... Even the one that I smacked real hard? The one that you smacked real hard, Brixius, is hurt more. Oh, (laughs) good to know. Hopefully this was uh, a nice change of pace for our listeners, getting to see some of our special abilities and uh, getting to hit some stuff. If you enjoyed what you heard, head over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser and leave us a five-star rating or review. We'd love to hear from you, and uh, you will get read on the air. If you'd like to keep in touch with us in the meantime, you can reach out to us on social media at Death Saving Bros on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or Reddit. And we are also now on Patreon at patreon.com slash deathsavingbros, where you can access bloopers, conversational recaps, and extra content to fill you in between each of our episodes. You can reach out to me on Twitter at hbcamper or on Instagram at hbcamper.14. You can find me at Benfro15. I'm at Ima underscore B underscore Rad. You can 
let one of the other guys know because something went wrong with the Reddit password and I got to reset it. But I think the email uh, is wrong. So I got to fix that. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I think when I was typing, because they're all linked to my one account. And I think when I typed in my email six years ago, I put uh, .con instead of .com. Oops. And it's not letting me change it. So, yeah. I have to uh, fix that before I can get back in there. And you can't find me, I'll find you. Find me on the PlayStation Network as F-A-T-T dash Smith. And for all those of you who are listening in your cars, in your homes, or wherever you may be, keep saving those death throws, and we'll see you on the next one. Roll it. Some of the sounds and background music in this production are copyright material. The songs Deadly Roulette, Gloom Horizon, Hitman, Malicious, and Oppressive Gloom are by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. These tracks are licensed under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0 and sourced from Filmmusic.io. The songs Ambush Zenkorin, Belly of the Beast Combat, Blood War Conscript, Blinka's Temper, Honor in the Storm Strings, in Corridors of Yore, in the Court of Annis and Lavender, in the Court of Annis and Lavender Epic, My Life for Witherlim, Pious Vengeance, Principium, and Renouncing the Oath are copyright Will Savino and the Music D20 Project. The song Frozen Village, Dusk, Mystery, is by The Boy King of Idaho at patreon.com slash boykingofidaho. All Patreon tracks are used with permission, all rights reserved. The track Dreams of War is by Orchestralis. The Death Saving Bros theme song is an abridged version of the song Run by Kai Angle and sourced from the Free Music Archive. This track is used with permission under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0. You can read the full license at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0 slash legal code.